Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi everyone, Sarah here. Thank you for tuning in to the next special episode of our Squiggly Careers series to celebrate and champion International Women's Day. In today's episode, you'll hear me interviewing Ella Dolphin. Ella is the Chief Executive of Stylist Group, a magazine that I'm sure many of you will be regular readers of or certainly kind of know of and its success over the past few years. And what I'm going to be talking to Ella about is something I hadn't given that much thought to really until Ella talked about it. And the more you look out for it, the more you think about it, the more you realise it's a real challenge in our society, which is how gender is portrayed in the media. And given how powerful and all-consuming media is now, actually the images that we do see really impact how we feel and how we think. And I think what's particularly impressive is the pledges that stylists themselves have also made. And Lisa Samarski, who is the editor, has been very clear about what does it mean to represent and portray women in the magazine and all the content they create. And we'll make sure that we link to a really good article about this in the resources. And they've outlined five pledges around inclusivity, reality, positivity, accountability and advocacy and education. And actually, if you read the detail of those, you appreciate, I think, just how hard it is to do this well and how much of a move it is probably from where we've been historically. So I hope you enjoy the conversation with Ella. I think it's a really good retrospective understanding of how we got to where we are today, where we're going in the future and some of the things that are kind of reassuring and optimistic about some of the things that are changing and actually what we can all do to make a difference in this area. So I hope you enjoy our conversation together. So Ella, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And so Ella and I are here today at the Management Today Inspiring Women in Business Conference. And I've just seen Ella talk all about how media is representing women at the moment, but also maybe how that has changed over time. The title of her presentation, which I love, was Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, I Don't See Anyone Like Me At All. So I really want to explore that a little bit more for everybody today and get into how are gender stereotypes changing, what's working, what's not, what more have we all got to do and what role we can play. So Ella, you have worked on so many different sorts of publications there, like the images that Conjuring that you shared in that presentation from looking at what's at the front of Cosmo to Stylist to the Daily Mail, all quite different portrayals of women. How do you think gender stereotypes in media have changed during your career? 
I think it's a slow process. And Mm. to be honest, it only really started to resonate with me maybe three years ago because I was used to handling images in a certain way. So when I was publishing Cosmopolitan, which was, you know, an incredible brand when it launched and and certainly did a huge amount for women's liberation and, you know, women talking about sex and being sexual beings was so empowering at the time. But we carried this word empowering all the way through. And actually, a lot of the time, the images that we were using was women through a man's gaze. So they, you know, they had the hourglass figure and they were very sexy and the titles were like how to get into his bed and into his head and (laughs) how to get the man you want and that's sort of the formula that we were working on. And then over time, you realise that actually, and this is this sort of next wave of feminism, is really about it's not what men think about you, it's how you feel about yourself and, mm. and how you want to represent yourself. So I think, you know, and the Cosmopolitan's changed, obviously, to what it is today and doesn't do that as much, but that's only been in the last five years. But progress is happening but consumers are still used to seeing women in a certain way and one of the big things which bothers me at the moment is how we still believe that women can't get on if they're successful and attractive and I was talking about Kate and Megan I mean of course they can't get on because they're women and I find that really upsetting and actually most women believe that as well yeah And one of the examples you used in your presentation, which I think is the thing that disappointed me the most in the last year or so, perhaps it's a bit longer than that, was the Theresa May, Angela Merkel, where I think it was the Daily Mail, Mm -hmm. who just basically looked at their legs. And you just think, you hope we've made more progress than that. And yet that still happens. And that's really recent. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's just because those perceptions haven't changed because they think it'll sell papers? I think it's because the circles that people have haven't really changed. So in most of the media organisations, and I'm sure in big companies, when people look at their circle, they all look like each other. Mm. So that shift hasn't happened in the big corporations. So never mind Brexit, what about Lexit? I'm sure everybody found it funny in the room. Right, yeah. There's nobody in there to say, but actually they're talking about one of the most important political challenges that we've had in the last three decades. So almost the challenge is this echo chambers that end up existing of people getting into a routine and a habit of doing things in Mm -hmm. the same way. It's a bit like a Forbes list of top 100 inspirational creative leaders. And in that 100, there was one woman... And I just couldn't believe it. I just thought, how can anyone Mm. sit in a room? Loads of people must have seen that list before it got published by Forbes. And I don't understand how no one said, really? There's Mm. only one woman who Mm. we consider to be an inspirational leader. And yet that does still happen. Mm. Um, You have to be careful. I mean, it comes down to representation, role models, etc. And you have to be you have to be mindful of the images and the choices you're making. And so Mm. if I was ever publishing a list and it was all white men, I would really think, what am I saying here? Because you are telling a whole generation of people that don't look like that that this isn't for them. Mm. And that takes another 10 years of change to make it happen. I think the the other bit that is really important to understand is that it has a massive impact on people's mental health and how they feel. And if you don't see yourself reflected, it's about confidence. You just don't think it's for you. And you don't have the confidence to be able to step 
forward and take that on. So the whole cycle yeah. gets gets a lot worse. I mean, I was talking about Vogue under Edward mm-hmm. Enifel, which he has changed the imagery of Vogue. There's women of colour on their cover of Vogue, which takes on a life of its own consistently. And, and now, I said, my teenage daughter, she sees women of colour, she's white, but she sees women of colour as something... Beautiful, fashionable, yeah. part of cool. the kind of cool. And I know that all sounds a bit glib, but it's so, so important because before it was only white women yeah. that were seen in that Yeah, I think you said space. on stage, and I thought exactly the same, is I grew up where I just thought basically you had to be Kate Moss. Yeah. I just spent years berating myself that I wasn't really skinny mm. and, like you say, somehow not blonde enough. And certainly for me, I didn't have straight enough hair because I've got really curly hair. So for... And because I also definitely grew up in like the friends generation I was just like why am I not Jennifer Aniston I know I actually have a friend of mine who was saying her daughter she's a woman of color and she said so her daughter was talking to me about Instagram because we were doing some research and she said when I was growing up she was from Finchley she had a lot of white mates they were always on diets and she said I wasn't because I just thought well obviously what they're referring to is the covers of magazines and Mm. and all the kind of diet imagery around white women so she thought it was a bit just wasn't about her so she didn't even yeah, think about dieting yeah, it well, that's, like, not, well, that's not for that's me not an awful way she's just like that's oh smart. that's, that's what yeah. white people do and I, it's not even talking to me yeah. then she said as instagram started to really come into play then she saw more and more black women of certain shapes and sizes and then she started to think about her shape oh, and her size and her hair and she said for the first time it was being bombarded back at her and the images and it started to make her think mm. differently. So do you think social media then is a help or a hindrance in terms of moving the agenda forwards or do you think it's just a real mix at the moment? We're in a bit of a melting pot moment where there's some things that are really positive and actually Stylist, I think, did a really good campaign. I've seen a few people do it around follow people who make you feel good because mm. actually I've certainly found that engaging with Instagram particularly over the last couple of years a bit more with our business that we run I started to realize I was comparing myself to all of these people who I was like oh I'm not good enough or I've not I'm not traveling enough to these amazing countries that I was watching other people do or I don't look cool enough or I'm not hanging out in the right places and I started to put myself under quite a lot of pressure to almost be like these other people which was not something I'd really ever thought about before either. And it actually takes quite a lot of confidence to choose to opt out of that. But I do also really like these campaigns I'm seeing at the moment where people are saying, if something doesn't make you feel good, stop following it. Well, I think it's definitely not a help at the moment. Okay. And, and I think with a study we've done, we've got half of all women under pressure to paint a perfect life on social mm. media. Yeah. Uh, I think 67% of women follow accounts that make them feel bad. Yeah, yeah. They know it that. does. And then I think there's the stat was over 70% of people feel their self-esteem drops after spending time on Instagram. Yeah. And so it's obviously having an impact on how people feel about themselves. It's not real, okay? Mm. It's not real to be... I mean, if you if you went behind the tile and you saw the perfect, <laughs> mu- perfect mummy blogger... Oh, yeah, I, don't, I especially and, don't like mum ones because I'm always like, oh, no. Exactly. So, you know, they're like, oh, and so-and-so's here and, you know, on the hip and made this amazing vegan breakfast and everything's wonderful. If you just move to the side, you'll see the... The washing drying on the line and the the mess or whatever. And that's real life. It's not real to have this perfect life all of the time. 
I'm starting to see certainly some of the people who definitely do show the realities of life on Instagram have really large communities, which often feels like quite positive places to hang out. Mm. I'm a big fan of Bryony Gordon, mm. who uh, you talked about in your presentation as well, who does a lot of running, has done running in her underwear to show that it doesn't matter kind of what shape or size you are. Anyone can run, and she can run really far now. She's really kind of built up over time and writes really eloquently about her own mental health and does lots of kind of no-filter pictures, but is very kind of honest about her relationship, I think, with that community. And I would say, I don't think I ever see a post from her and feel bad. I just feel... It's not like she goes, oh, I'm really happy with myself all the time, because who's like that? But she does seem to have a confidence in herself, so it inspires me to think that's a really lovely way to be. Mm. I mean, listen, the power of social, obviously, is the communities that you can build mm. and the information. So used in the right way, it is incredibly powerful. And I know with Bryony Gordon, she was meant to be speaking at one of our events. And instead of saying, I can't come, I've got different arrangements, she said, I'm just too unwell. OK. And, just and she, she actually wanted to, to read that out to the audience so they didn't... It wasn't a pretense. Yeah. And I thought that was so powerful and so important for people to hear that they could actually say that. So you're right, listen, using the right way, it's incredible. I mean, there's so many benefits, you know, to be able to be connected to people in that yeah. way. But the large part of it is people scrolling through images until they feel worse about themselves. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And you mentioned that actually, almost outside of media, there are some brands that are maybe starting to lead the way. So there was the example of the Nike mannequin, I think it was in the Nike store in London, which was just a bigger mannequin. Mm. And then they got so much negative press about that, which I, I thought they would get the opposite. I thought they'd get loads of positive press, but there you go. And brands like Dove, who actually for a long time, I think have been committed to showing lots of different styles and types of women... Who are the people, other than stylists, who obviously do a great job in this area because that's very much, you know, the position you come from and the kind of stories that you tell. 
who else does a really good job that you just really admire, whether it's brands or people? Well, actually, I think we did some work with Getty Images and Dove mm. earlier this year. Now, one of the big issues we've got is how quickly we can change things. So if you Google secretary, you'll be shocked what oh, comes no. up on the first page. It's literally women... White shirt, black skirt, yeah, but sort pencil of, skirt. Yeah, but sort of lying on the floor with a pencil oh. or sitting on the corner oh, of a like desk. sexy. So highly sexual images of okay. uh, white women with their white blouse lying a little bit I mean, that's on depressing. The floor. But that is on the first page when you search secretary. Okay. okay, And that the problem is the most advanced algorithms in the world can only serve up the images which are available. Yes, yeah. So Getty worked with Dove to produce a library of images which are shot of women of colour, different sizes, different yeah. shapes, in positions which are just normal, so that there is more images to attach to the algorithms. And yeah, so the images yeah. that we create now will feed what we see going forward. So I thought that was a brilliant project by really Getty. And I think, I think, you know, Dove have been consistently good in this space and will continue to be so. And as I say, I think a lot of the beauty brands, they will not produce a makeup range that doesn't go from very white to very dark anymore. Yeah. Now, that wasn't the case. Well, I noticed even Victoria Beckham's new makeup range has got a much wider range of products yeah, than I think I've seen before. Yeah, but you, of course you've got to have a wider range. Yeah, and I, I know there was obviously one beauty brand who launched with a white first and then said, we'll do black later. And it's oh, like, really? Yeah, but, I mean, just even <laughs> saying that, it's like, I don't, you know, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think some of the beauty brands have done some really, really good work in this space. And you also mentioned, and I think it's a really important point and one I've spent quite a lot of time thinking about, is how critical the language that we use, whether it's within media or that brands are using, in terms of how different things are positioned. Mm-hmm. So I think you talked about beauty brands not now doing things like anti-aging, because it's just the implication with like anti is that age is just a bad thing and a thing to be avoided. And I think you were saying that stylists wouldn't, you wouldn't advertise any products that said anti-aging. No, we don't take anything that says anti-aging. So it has to, there's a lot of pro-aging around. And the nuances around it, but it is important. It's like fighting wrinkles. Yeah. OK, <laughs> fighting. It's like this awful thing that's going to happen to well, you. Well, also, that's really... Um, the founder of Leon has written a really interesting book called Winning, Not Fighting. And he talks about how much of kind of war-style language is actually used in the day-to-day. So actually, as soon as you go fighting, it's like, well, that's actually really combative, aggressive language of, like, almost that's how seriously you should be taking your wrinkles, that you should be fighting them. And that would be his point. His point is that's not the right language to use about wrinkles. You might just go, yeah, as you get older, everybody gets wrinkles, but women seem to have to worry about them way more than men do for for whatever reason. Yeah, you've got to fight it. What's the thing that you've done, and I kind of use the collective view at Stylist, that you're most proud of in this area of kind of moving, you know, moving the agenda forward? You've done some, like, brilliant videos where you rewrite Daily Mail headlines that are hilarious. We'll make sure we link to those in our resources for the podcast because they will just make you laugh. They're just very funny. But there's so much you have done. Is there one thing that you just think, oh, that was 
one for you that you just felt personally was very special? I think at the moment the whole um, editorial positioning is based around our Love Women insight. Mm-hmm. So all of the stats that I mentioned before, half of women feeling under pressure to have a perfect life, 70% of women feeling low esteem without makeup on. So we're taking that and thinking about how we can build that all the time into our content. So we were talking earlier, which is in January, it used to be all magazine publishers would do New Year, New Year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of Shed gonna, your skin you know, and regrow. We're going to do like New Year, same old you. And yeah, that's same. really, really good enough. But I think um, the images that we use in the magazine are exactly as I discussed. They represent every single woman in this country. And, you know, in our shoots, we use all different body types and sizes. And, and when you see it... Well, it just feels like stepping out into... I mean, we're an urban brand, so it feels yeah. like stepping out into one of your cities and just seeing... You know like how it's you like see... the real world. You know how you see women? And obviously, I live in London, but I see women on the tube, and I think they all look amazing. Yeah. All of them, and they're so different. And everything about them, I think women look amazing. And when I see the magazine and our digital properties and I see that reflected back, mm. I'm really proud of that. Oh, that's amazing. And lots of people listening to this probably won't work in media or in publishing, but would want to absolutely kind of support all the philosophy and the ethos that hits behind your Love Women campaign and everything that kind of stylist is trying to do. So other than getting and reading their stylist every week, what else can you do just as a consumer? What else could people actively do to help to support this agenda move forward? I think you've got you know, you can talk with your purses. And if, you know, there is, a, there is a certain brand that I boycott because they only brought out white first. OK. And I know they've corrected it, but it's... I don't buy them. It sticks yeah. with me. There are publications or films or whatever that you don't want to watch because it doesn't yeah. represent where we are. So I, I think it's about using your kind of purchasing power to say this is not OK. I, I think we're seeing it much more with the younger generation. Yeah, me too. I mean, they really do want to know what's behind the product they want yeah, the to know transparency. what they do and the sustainability is a whole new topic but they do want to know the whole process end to end of how something's produced but also what your values are yes. and I think if you can see a value that sits there and you're like that's not my value you shouldn't really be engaging with it and so if we were to fast forward five years so in the scheme of things not that far away but potentially with quite a hopeful new generation who are starting to think a bit more about both, I think, A, really care about feminism, both men and women, and also maybe purchasing in a different way. What would you like to have changed? If we were sitting and having the same chat in five years' time, what would you want to be different, do you think? When you Google secretary, the first first page of Google (laughs) doesn't throw up the images that you get and that you just see women who are working and men, and, in are secretary roles yeah, yeah absolutely um so I'm, i would be most pleased to see images that are available at our fingertips whenever we're thinking about women in a certain space to be reflective um, yeah. and i think i think in five years you'll look back at some of some media channels and go i can't believe that that was even yeah, that, yeah. that was okay i sort of really hope so in five years time my little boy will be able to draw more than he can now which is definitely scribbling and you know that campaign where they um, ask kids to like draw a fire person or a police person Mm -hmm. or whatever and they're so gender stereotypical in terms of oh a doctor is a man etc I really hope that when Max is kind of eight or nine years old that when he's drawing a doctor 
he would draw a doctor and it could be a man yeah. or a woman. And I think things like that are hard to shift and you can see it in like clothing brands when they're like doing labeling mm. and all those kind of things. Mm. And I think they are hard to change. But your whole point about you've got to see it to believe it. Mm. I think if that generation can start to break those things mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. and brands can start to do things like with Dove and Getty, which I think that's an amazing idea. I think mm. that's a really brilliant mm. idea. Do you feel positive about the future? Yeah, I yeah. do actually, yeah. I'm more concerned around, I think we can shift that because there's enough people that will push that agenda. Yeah. I'm more concerned around the impact on people's mental well-being. That's something that's going to be a huge this generation and the next generation's crisis. That's quite a complex world that will present a lot of challenges. Thank you so much for joining us and well done on all the amazing work that stylists do. I know lots and lots of our listeners will be really big stylist fans and will really appreciate the opportunity to have heard from you. So thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm